Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. A little past 8.30 p.m. Central on Wednesday, March 8th. And folks, we're a few days away from Selection Sunday. I'm Paul Stone, and this is episode 94 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. And this week's version titled Selection Sunday Fun Day. One of my favorite days of the year without question is uh, Selection Sunday uh, coming up uh, this Sunday, which I believe, if my math is correct, will be Sunday, March 12th. But I'm not going to really in this podcast, uh, the title might be a little bit misleading. I'm not going to talk any bracketology per se. Uh, Joe Lenardi, uh, Jerry Palm, uh, and others, they perform that duty much better than myself. But instead, I'm going to talk more about refining your quest to get the best of the number during the postseason basketball tournaments. Plus, I'm going to, I am going to, towards the end, I'll present a trio of teams I'm going to be looking at closely once the pairings are revealed late Sunday afternoon. And last but not least, somewhere in the podcast, I'm going to give out a comp full tournament matchup in this week's uh, the Players' Championship, which tees off tomorrow morning, Thursday, March 9th in Florida. Uh, the first of the players in this matchup set to tee off at 11.56 a.m. Central Time on Thursday. So hopefully you're listening uh, before either of the principals in this matchup get started. I want to say, you know, I did say uh, a short time ago, I just didn't say the NCAA tournament, but I said the postseason tournaments. You have multiple tournaments that you can bet on during March Madness, college basketball tournaments. And sometimes the value, the better value, might actually be in one of the lesser tournaments. So don't disregard those guys. Motivation is a key element. A lot of those teams, or at least some of those teams, don't really want to be there. Uh, and it's, you know, it's pretty easy to gauge the uh, teams that are excited about their lot in life and, and their uh, bid to a non-NCAA tournament and the teams that are not quite as excited, maybe those teams that just missed out on the NCAA tournament uh, berth. So don't forget about those tournaments, the NIT and others, a notch below the NCAA. Before we get to the, the meat of the podcast, though, a quick advertisement for my service, Paul Stone Sports. I just started uh, marketing. You know, I've been doing college football for years, offering those selections to the public. But I just started marketing uh, my premium plays in college basketball at the start of the 2019-2020 season. And I just completed my fourth straight 
winning season against the spread in as many seasons. I finished this regular season at 140, 120, three ties against the spread, uh, 54% as monitored by the Independent, the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. March Madness, uh, the way that the Sports Monitor uh, grades uh, selections, March Madness actually started on Monday, this past Monday, two days ago, Monday, March 6th. And I'm off to a five and two uh, ATS in the Sports Monitor's uh, postseason standings. And that's after splitting a pair of games today. I had a winner on George Mason minus one and had a loser in the Southland Conference Championship game uh, on Northwestern State plus three. Uh, Northwestern State led by as many as 16 in the first half, ended up getting beat by four. I had plus three. But the George Mason game, the winner was probably fortunate to win. So those things even out. College basketball is a grind. So uh, that's kind of the way it goes. But uh, five and two again uh, against the spread in March Madness to this point after hitting 54% against the spread in the regular season. You can get all of my premium selections uh, in college basketball starting today all the way through the national championship game in early Monday, in early April, rather. For just one forty nine, you can get my PGA Tour uh, season package, my combo college basketball PGA Tour package. You can get those as well at my uh, website. If you're interested in college basketball or any of my packages, please visit paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. You know, I think it's always critical as a better in my opinion anyway, to enter the marketplace early. I think it's even more so, even more critical during March Madness. You know, folks, the early bird indeed gets the worm, at least usually. And the reason I believe it's perhaps even more critical to bet early during March Madness is, first of all, there's a relatively small number of games And there's a relatively large number of people betting those games. You know, someone is a sports better and they enjoy the activity of betting sports at some level and not, you know, a single sport or, you know, two or three sport specialist. They are likely betting March Madness at some level. You know, it's it's an annual ritual, if you will, for sports better, sports betters rather. And, And it's one of the clearly one of the most popular sporting events every year on the sports calendar, and bettors absolutely love to bet it. And when you have a small number of games and a lot of people betting, lines can move swiftly. Uh, You know, even more quickly, I would say, than in most other sports, in my opinion. And if the line maker is quote-unquote off on his opener, that individual game is likely to get one-sided since there's a mob waiting to pounce on any mistakes. You know, case in point, this past Monday night, uh, March 6th, uh, two days ago as I record, one of my premium selections given to my uh, members was the St. Peter's Fairfield game to remain under the total 
of 124 and a half. Uh, that selection was released around 5 p.m. Central uh, the night before that first round game uh, in the uh, Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, the MAAC. Uh, money did come in uh, on the under as fate would have it, and the total closed at 121 and a half. So I released it the night before the game near the overnight opener under 124 and a half. The game closes at 121 and a half. And as fate would also have it, St. Peter's prevails 70 to 52. So the total fell on 122. Again, I released it at 124 and a half to the under, closes at 121 and a half. Total falls on 122. You know, my guys, uh, my customers, at least those who are timely, uh, and, and, you know, best position, best postured for long-term success. They got the best of the number, uh, and they cashed their ticket. Uh, those players who took the under, you know, betting uh, the same day or closer to post, you know, who were late to the under party, uh, they perhaps pushed or even lost, uh, heaven forbid. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here, first of all, and, and say, that I get the best of the number each and every time. You know, that's not the case. But I certainly do get the best of the number a strong majority of the time. You know, after all, I'm a numbers guy. You know, I'm a power ratings guy. If I'm not typically getting the best of it, my tedious and constant preparation would be a, a colossal waste of energy and effort. You know, I've heard some people in the betting space, uh, at least in my mind, attempt to minimize, you know, the importance of getting the best of the number. You know, that it's more about having the right side. And certainly knowing the right side, having the right side is certainly critical to long-term sports betting success. But the long-term winners I know, first of all, that they're, they're a, a varied lot. You know, some stay drunk all the time, or at least most of the time. Others are as sober as a judge. You know, that might not be the best analogy nowadays, but you get my point. Some are, frankly, you know, slovenly uh, and never break a sweat, you know, unless they're perhaps uh, sprinting to the front of the buffet line. And then you even have one or two, you know, fit guys, guys whose body fat percentage would put them in the championship flight uh, if it were their golf handicap. So, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of different sports bettors, successful sports bettors come in many forms, size, sizes, and, and shapes, if you will. I could go on and on. But the one thing that the winners that I know have in common is more often than not, they end up with the best of the number. And this is critical. The larger your sample size gets as a sports better, better, the more essential it becomes to have closing line value in your corner the majority of the time. You know, for me, that means, you know, making razor sharp numbers and betting at the opener or at least early 
you know, in the numbers shelf life, early in the process. You know, I understand that some guys who wager large amounts of money, you know, they might have to wait until later in the week or later in the process if we're talking about a college basketball game to get the kind of limits that they're looking for. But those guys, they are few and far between. Uh, that doesn't apply to most sports betters. Uh, so, you know, it is critical in my mind to get the best of the number and getting the best of the number typically means betting early in the process. You know, to back up just a little bit, and I should have offered this earlier. I cringe when I hear a better use the term my site. That implies that they only have a single out. And that single out usually doesn't post overnights in college basketball. They open the morning of the game. And sometimes that single out might not even have the added games, the extra games that sometimes offer the most value. First of all, less time to bet equals less time to take advantage of off numbers. And if you're just betting into one book's numbers uh, and that book enters the marketplace, you know, later rather than sooner, I'm not saying it can't be done, but you're making the goal of being a long-term winning sports handicapper harder than it has to be. So access to openers is critical. Overnights in college basketball beat the close. Uh, more often than not, uh, that is critical as well. We'll go now. I'm going to go now to this uh, comp selection in the Players Championship, which tees off tomorrow, Thursday, March 9th, at TPC Sawgrass, uh, specifically the Players Stadium course uh, there in Florida. And one of the matchups uh, that you're seeing across the marketplace pits Corn Ferry. Uh, winner Justin Sue against K.H. Lee in a full tournament matchup. Uh, Sue, who played uh, collegiately at Southern Cal and now resides in Las Vegas, uh, he won last year's Corn Ferry Tour Championship. Uh, now on the tour, this is his first season on the tour. He has seen a lot of these courses, uh, including TPC Sawgrass, for the first time. Uh, in this current PGA wraparound season, Sue has officially made 10 of 11 cuts. His only failure came at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am in early February, where he withdrew uh, after just eight holes due to a shoulder injury. He enters the uh, Players' Championship in really solid uh, form, finished high for 24th this past week at the loaded Arnold uh, Palmer Invitational, and tied for fifth. Uh, the week before that at the Honda Classic. And again, Sue has never uh, played in the Players' Championship, never participated in this tournament. Uh, K.H. Lee, meanwhile, he, he really hasn't shown a whole lot the past month and a half. Uh, in fact, in his last four events on tour, he's missed two cuts. In the other two events, he tied for 53rd and tied for 42nd. This will be his third trip. Uh, to uh, the TPS Sawgrass for the Players' Championship. Finished 55th and 41st in his previous two uh, tournaments here 
My recommendation, take Justin Sue, about minus 106 is what I'm seeing this evening. Take Sue, minus 106 over Lee in this full tournament matchup. Again, the first of these players set to tee off tomorrow on Thursday at 11.56 a.m. Central. I'm going to go to March Madness now. I'm going to throw around just kind of some random thoughts uh, about some teams. People like to hear this kind of stuff. And obviously one disadvantage we have is as we talk about the tournament on Wednesday, March 8th, is we don't know who's playing each other. We don't even know who's in the tournament. I mean, we could we could guess most of the teams, obviously, if we follow college basketball closely. Um, we could get really, really close to the uh, the field and plug in the, uh, the smaller tournament automatic qualifiers. But we don't know who's in the field, and we certainly don't know who's matched yet. So take these recommendations or these thoughts or these musings uh, with that in mind. First of all, a team I'm going to look at, everybody and their brother is going to be rushing to the window to get a ticket on Charleston. Charleston qualified for the tournament uh, last night on Tuesday, March 7th, beat NC Wilmington in an extremely exciting back-and-forth game. NC Wilmington, they had about six or seven points, probably with five minutes to go. I'm not referencing any material, so I'm probably off a little bit there, but they led by six or seven fairly late. And then the Cougars, I think they scored maybe 15 unanswered. Again, I'm probably wrong. I was doing work as I was watching the game with uh, one eye on my work and one eye on the television. But uh, this Cougar team comes in with a lot of hype. A lot of people have followed them all year. You know, they got 31 wins. (laughs) They're legitimately good. You know, but how good are they? And because everybody's going to be wanting to jump on the bandwagon, will they be overvalued? I'm not saying I'm absolutely fading Charleston. You know, it depends on the opponent uh, and, more importantly, the number. But I'm going to be, uh, to say the least, extremely curious to learn who their opponent is uh, and what that spread is. Uh, And I'll likely then watch a lot of money pour in on the Cougars. So if you uh, are thinking about getting involved on Charleston, my general recommendation would be bet them early if you're going to bet on them. And if you're thinking about betting against them, I think I would bet later in the process But because I think, again, money's going to come in on Charleston. They're going to be everybody's darling, all the pundits, all the national radio shows, the newspapers, the national media. Everybody's going to be talking about those Charleston Cougars. And the uh, publicity's deserved. No doubt about it. Looking at the Mid-American Conference, you know, first of all, we're not sure who's going to win this week's uh, Mid-American Conference tournament there in Cleveland. Uh, The Mac's certainly going to be a a one-bid league. But I think, you know, regardless of who is the league's tournament representative, that the Mac can steal a game in the NCAA tournament. You know, I previously on this podcast stated my affinity for Kent State. Uh, the Golden Flashes early in the year, they played three high-quality teams. Uh, the aforementioned Charleston, uh, Houston, and Gonzaga played them on the road and actually led those games late, had a chance to win, you know, all three of those games in the final minute. 
lost all three, but went on the road and just battled tooth and nail with three big-time programs. So I really like what I've seen in Kent State. But they didn't even win the regular season MAC title. Uh, Toledo earned that distinction. The Rockets actually edged the Golden Flashes by one game for the regular season title. I think Toledo finished with two losses in the MAC. Kent finished with three. So both those teams, uh, Kent and Toledo, um, very good teams. I think they could win a game in the tournament. And even at the representative, uh, if a team like Akron, Ball State, or, or maybe even Ohio, if, if they were to slip in and win the tournament, you know, I believe whoever the MAC rep is could cause some team fits uh, the opening round of the tournament. They may not win the game. I think they can. They may not win, but they're going to be catching points in a first-round game. So I, I think the MAC, keep an eye on whoever that MAC representative is. Might be worth your time. Third thought I'm going to have here, and this is not an original thought by any stretch. You know, others are preaching this same narrative uh, during their madness dissertations. I'm not sure Alabama, uh, which was ranked, actually ranked number one in the nation in the major polls at one point in the season. I'm not sure the tide even makes it out of the opening weekend. You know, again, obviously we have no idea whom the Tide might play in their second game of the tournament, but I believe they are right for the picking. Uh, they failed to cover their past four games as they enter the SEC tournament this week in Nashville. I believe this whole uh, Brandon Miller mess or, or situation uh, in the outside scrutiny placed on the university's handling of the situation. I think it's clearly a negative. Uh, you know, to me, they would just figure to lack the clarity and focus to advance very deep in the tournament. So I'll be looking for opportunities. The first game they play, you know, they're going to be such a high seed. Uh, they're just going to be physically, so physically superior to their opponent that it probably won't manifest itself in that game. But in their Saturday-Sunday game, that could be the game to look to fade the Crimson Tide. So there you have it. Uh, another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, Election Sunday. Once we speak again next week, the teams would have been, a, would have been decided and we'll be anxiously awaiting the start of the games. Thanks again for joining me. Signing off once again, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.